and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Lord, I just ask, Father God, that you speak through me, Father God, your word, Father God. Speak exactly what you instilled in my heart, Father God, that day in the hospital, Father God, and let me portray it just like you gave it to me, Father God, that these people would understand, Father God, just what your plans are in our lives, Father God. Lord, I ask that you just use me as a vessel, Father God. Let me decrease and you increase right now in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the hardest thing for us as Christians, one, is to understand there is a plan. Okay, we got to understand that God has a plan first. And that's the hardest thing for us to understand because that's just human nature. That's who we are. We always have to, okay, well, if I do this, this will be the outcome. But you don't take into consideration what if somebody throws a monkey wrench in there? Or what if, the, what if Satan says, well, let me just stick my foot out just a little bit, see what happens. Okay, and then we fall, and then we're like, oh, what do I do now? I didn't anticipate this. I didn't, I didn't see this ha- happening. Well, see, God sees everything. He knows everything. So he knows where you're going to go, and he knows how you're going to get there, and he knows where you're going to be when you get there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the first thing is we have to understand that there is a plan. And that right there, the verse says, I have a plan. Okay? Before we were even born, he created a plan for us. That's the thing that's hard to understand. There is a plan. There's something set that's already been set way before you were even born that says, hey, this is what Angel's going to do, and this is where I need him to be. Okay, the next thing, which is probably the most interesting thing, is to understand or to accept that the plan is going to be good for us. It's a good plan. Because a lot of times... There's a lot of trials and tribulations, and we fall down, and we get muddy, and we get dirty, and, and we're just like, this, this can't be God. This is, not, this is not what I had planned. This is not what he said he had good things. Listen, the Bible also says there's going to be trials and tribulations. It's not going to be a bed of roses. Because if it was a bed of roses, how many people would just be like, dude, I'm on, I'm on that plan. That's, that's where I want to go. I mean, honestly, if it was just, hey, if you walk this line all the way to the end and you get a million dollars, who's in that line? Okay, but what if you walk that line and you had to cross through a snake pit, then you had to cross through an alligator pit? Do you understand what I'm saying? Who's going to get in there now? There's going to be very few that get in there because they know that either the snakes are going to get us or the alligators are going to get us. But one of the two are going to get us before we get to that million dollars. So it's not going to be worth it. Listen, when uh, Courtney first got admitted in the hospital, we went a week uh, in the hospital with nothing. The doctor said, well, she's going to be born today. So we rushed to the hospital. No plans to rush into the hospital. We rushed all the way there. They got us all ready. And then they said, "Ah, you know what? We're just going to hold it off. We're going to let her come when she comes. I said, oh, so we're going home? He said, no, 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 no. I didn't say you were going home. He said, I, I, I just want you to hold off. We're going to put you in a room, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, cool. So I get a bed. This is going to be awesome. And he kind of looked at me and, you know, the half grin. <laughs> yeah. So we get in the room, and Courtney has this big old bed. You know, I mean, it's huge. And, um, and I was going to put pictures, but it was just, I, I found out late that I was doing this, so we didn't get him up there. But it's a big old bed, and I'm thinking, man, where's my bed? And I look, and, and there's a little 
It's not even a couch, guys. I'm talking about it's about this long, and I'm thinking, wow, okay. Um, so we get in there, and the doctors come in and say, okay, this is the whole process we're going to do. This is our plan. This is what we want to do. Okay, we want her to get the 37 weeks. And uh, in order to do that, we have to just kind of monitor. And Courtney, just in case any of y'all don't know newcomers, Courtney has a heart condition, or she was born with a heart condition. It's nothing wrong with her now. She's perfectly fine. She does everything like normal. Uh, but she was born with one. So that was what another thing they were worried about. Can her heart sustain giving birth? You see, God had a plan. And Skylar was in Courtney's plan for God. See, a lot of people would have marked Courtney out. Oh, that heart can't pump it. That heart can't do it. She'll have to have a C-section. She'll have to do this. And in the beginning, that's what everybody told us. We'll have to do a C-section. There, there's no way that she can do it. And then Jeremiah 29, 11 rung up my, God said, no, angel, I have a plan. The only way this can be done is through me. And the only way I'll allow it to be done is my way. You see, there's a lot of plans that we can go. There's a lot of roads that we can go. But we've got to stick to the plan, and that's God's plan. A lot of times we get confused what God's plan is and our, God, our plan is. Everything great, in my opinion, comes from pain. Think about that just for a minute. The greatest thing that ever happened to any of us that are saved came through much pain. Much pain. And yet, we still take that for granted. Because when we get into pain and we get into tough situations and we get to where our back's against the wall, we want to scream and shout, but we never say, God, thank you, because I know you're here. See, what happens is when we're in or going through hell, that means we're still alive and we can fight. That means we can fight our way out. And listen, as long as God has our back, there's no way we can be up against the wall. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if God's got our back, that means his hands are stretched out, and that means he's pushing us. And as long as he's pushing us, there's no way we can back up far enough to where the devil can have advantage over us. And then, if we remember that the, his word is our sword, all we have to do is swing. Do you understand? Our, our job is very easy, but yet we make it difficult. We throw more things in it. It's a plan. It's a plan. And some people say, well, why would God let me go through this? And a very wise teacher said, listen, God said he loved us. But if he didn't let us have a choice, then what kind of love would that be? Then he's just making you do what he wants to that's why he gave us a choice. Your choice. Choose it if you want to. My plan or your plan? One of the plans he will guarantee is going to fail. But he also said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He gave you confirmation. Listen, that your plan's going to fail. It's just inevitable. But I'm not. He didn't fail when he walked up the hill to the cross. He didn't fail. 
He didn't fail to stretch out his arms and say, look, here I am. He didn't fail. He didn't fail when he laid across the thing and they whipped him with the cat of nine tails. He didn't fail. Everything he said he was going to do, he did. So how is it hard for us to understand that his plan, his plan for us, he's going to see through? A lot of times we get caught up in the trial and the pain, and we don't think of what God's doing around us, through us, and for us. A lot of times we, you know, there was times when Courtney was going through her uh, birthing stuff. I don't even know what they call it. Because, I listen, Pastor Rhonda was in there, and it was right before we were fixing to have a baby scholar. And for me, it was probably the worst time that we were having in there. Because Courtney was going through a lot of pain, and as a father, as her husband, there was nothing I could do. Nothing. You ever want to feel helpless? And I don't suggest you do this, but I'm just, you ever want to feel helpless? Go into a room where a woman is fixing to have a baby. She hasn't had an epidural yet. And all hell is breaking loose in there. Listen, Courtney was rolling. She was, you know, she was groaning. And and there was nothing I can do. And I said, God, you got to help me. Listen, I've never been a comforter. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I've never had a mom to comfort me, you know, until Pastor Connie stepped into my life. So I went a long time without that that woman to show me how to love and how to nurture. I've never had that. I was 15 when I had someone to come in and step in and say, this is how it's done. And that's when I found the Lord. And then I really knew what love was. So I'm asking God, I said, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. I've never been in this situation. And then I remember the verse, hey, I got you. I will strengthen you. So I sat there, and I did what the only thing I knew to do. Now, the bed we were in then was much smaller, but I crawled in there with her. And I wrapped my arms around her, and I said, Courtney, we just have to make it to this point. Because at that point, the doctor came in and said, there's a plan, and this is where I need her to be, and then she can have whatever she wants. And so I knew that if I can get her to this point, it's going to be a whole lot easier. But it's getting her to that point. See, a lot of times, we just want to jump from here to there and be done with it. But if we jump from here to there, we're going to miss a blessing in between there. And the blessing for me was to watch the process. To watch and feel hopeless and unable to do anything. You think, well, why is that a blessing for you? Because it showed me what God can do that I can't do. So anytime I get in a situation and I realize, hey, I can't do this, God's going to be like, but I can, son. That's what I'm here for. So she was sitting there, and she was rolling, and she was groaning, and I was saying, honey, we just got to get to this point. We just got to get to this point. And there was a moment in the room where I said, you know what? I know what we have to do. And I just asked that we turned off everything. Pastor Rhonda already was pacing the floors, praying in tongues, and Christine was in there, and Christine said, what do I need to do? I said, I just want you to turn on something. Turn on some worship music. Turn on something. 
We turned off everything in the room, and we turned on worship music. And Courtney started to just ease down. Not that she was still in pain, but there was something that came in there that said, you know what, I got this under control. My plan is coming through. This is where I want you to be, exactly where I want you to be. And so she got to the point, she got her epidural, and it was like the whole world changed. Listen, Christine went to sleep, Courtney went to sleep, Pastor Ron and I are sitting there wide awake. We just like, what just happened? So we're listening to the heart monitor of the baby, which they were very concerned about because they didn't want Skylar to have what Courtney had. Now, they already told us they didn't because they've done ultrasound, or uh, not ultrasound, yeah, ultrasounds, EKG, all that kind of stuff. But they were still worried. There was still doubt. Because, see, they didn't know God's plan. So we get to the point of the machine starts beeping. It just flatlines. Now, Courtney is dead asleep. I don't know anybody that could sleep through a whole birthing process, but Courtney did. Once they gave her the epidural, she was gone. They had to wake her up to deliver Skylar. But, so the machine goes off, Pastor Rhonda jumps up, and I'm sitting right by the machine, and I'm looking at it the whole time. Because they told us, any minute now, any minute now. Of course, they said that 24 hours, I think we waited, they said any minute now. Uh, so any minute now, any minute now, and that thing goes silent. Pastor Rhonda immediately jumps up. Pastor Rhonda does what Pastor Rhonda does. She paces the floor, and she starts praying, and she says, you know, she tells the devil he's a liar. And I'm sitting there listening, I'm looking at the machine, and I'm banging the machine because that's what guys do. Hey, maybe the batteries are broken. I unplug it. I plug it back in. You know, I'm going crazy, and Courtney and Christine are dead asleep. Now, when I say we are raising all kinds of heaven. Pastor Rhonda and I were making noise. I'm talking about significant amount of noise, and they were still asleep. The nurse lady comes in, very nice. She goes, oh, I see the machines turned off. I said, turned off? That's watching my baby's heart. She said, no, it's okay. We got this. You know, it's funny how we make small things such big things. That was what I was doing. It was just a small little machine. Just a small thing, and I made it something big. And that nurse said, oh, it's okay. She said, watch. She pushed a couple of buttons, came right back off. See, God knows what buttons to push. God knows what, where to move you, how to turn you, how to send you in the right direction. Because he created you. He formed you. So there's nothing about you that he doesn't know. So when she pushed the button, immediately it came back on, and immediately the heart started going again. Five o'clock in the morning, she comes in and she says, we have a little problem. A little problem means my baby had a problem. And for me, that means I had a big problem. And just then, God said, son, Jeremiah, 29, 11. And I said, God, I know you keep telling me this. And I know it's your plan. But what's going on? He said, Jeremiah, 29. 11. And I said, okay. I said, okay. She said, we got a small problem. I can't hear the baby's heartbeat because they were monitoring outside. So they came in. She came in, and then the doctor came in, and she said, you know what? Just for curiosity's sake, we want to see if Skylar's here. 
And I said, wouldn't we have known already? Wouldn't Courtney have said, body done something? She said, yes, but we're just going to check. And sure enough, Skylar's head was already coming. And she said, I don't know that I've seen anybody sleep through this. That's what the doctor said. And I said, well, welcome to my wife's world. So we wake Courtney up, and Courtney's like, oh, okay. Like, oh, because Courtney getting woke up is, you know, you have to, like, slowly wake her up. Maybe a cup of coffee, two cups, you know. She's, she's definitely her father's daughter, that's for sure. So they wake her up, and she starts to do what moms do in this situation. She starts, is my, am I okay? Do I, you know, she's bushing her hair back. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, but she gets ready to get deliver Skylar. And the doctor says, this is what we need to do. I'm going to set you up like this. I'm going to tell you when to push. You're just going to push. That's all I want you to do. Just push. And she said, and I'll take care of the rest. And Courtney's like, okay, we got this. So I'm standing there. And uh, Pastor Rhonda's standing there, and we get to go into pushing. Three pushes, Skylar's out. That was it. 24 hours, six, six. I was at three. I was like, is she there yet? No, six pushes. I'm sorry. Six pushes, and Skylar's out. And there wasn't big pushes. You know, I've seen TV shows where the lady looks like she's about to bend over backwards pushing. Courtney was just, you know, slow pushing. She was so... So she pushed, Skylar's out, but I'm standing closer to where Skylar, you know, is going to come out, and I see that the umbilical cord is wrapped around her neck. The funny thing is, the doctor says, oh, the umbilical cord's wrapped around her neck. Reaches down, pulls it out, off her neck, and that was it. Didn't have a problem with it. Listen. <laughs> We have to let God be able to do what God does. The doctor, had I freaked out, the doctor couldn't do what the doctor is known to do. She has been through many births, and she knew exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. There's a plan. God needs to do what God does. Sometimes, guys, as humans, we just have to let go. Leave it alone. The more you put your hands in it, the more you muddy the waters. And then nothing's clear anymore. So that she pulls the umbilical cord off, and I'm sitting there like, is she going to be okay? Because Skylar at this point has not cried. She hasn't done anything. So the nurses, the doctors, all cool, calm, and collected, which that's a whole thing in itself. Let me tell you something. There was a doctor, and it, and I'm not going to say his name, it just wasn't our favorite doctor, okay? Um, and he was the one that was on call. He was the one that they said, when you start to deliver, he's going to come in and deliver Skylar. And I thought to myself, mm. Courtney said, honey, I really don't want him to be the doctor. She said, I, d I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't like him, I just don't want him to deliver Skylar. And I said, baby, I, I'm not in control of that. That's not my thing. I said, I can't, I can't go up there and be like, hey, dude, I know you got your PhD, but you ain't delivering this, baby. I can't do it. But listen, God worked that out. Because that doctor, five minutes before they came in to check Courtney, someone had to have an emergency C-section, and they called that doctor to another room. 
there was a lady doctor who was just fixing to get off work. I mean, she was at the time card. And they said, we need a doctor to come deliver a baby. And she said, sure, I'll come. Nice doctor, cool doctor. As a matter of fact, she delivered Skylar, did what she had to do, and left. We never saw her again. We, till this day, we still haven't seen the doctor again. I, I told Courtney, it must have been an angel. She just came in and came out to do her business. I got to go. Uh, but so the, the cord, she's not breathing. And the doctor says, oh, we just need to get her to cry a little bit like she's doing right now. So they're rubbing her back. Listen, guys, this is where God really said, son, my plan. It's my plan. They're rubbing their back, and they're calling Skylar by name. Listen, God created you, and he knows your name. When your back is against the wall, as they call it, it's really God's hand rubbing your back, and he's saying, come on, angel. Come on. Just take that step forward. Just take that step. And that's what they did. Come on, Skylar. Just cry for me. Just cry. Just give me a little cry, Skylar. And she made a little, like, peep noise. But they wouldn't settle for that. God's not going to settle for just mediocre when he knows what greatness is inside of you. God's not going to settle for you just taking a little bitty step when he knows you can jump leaps and bounds. Listen, sometimes our worship needs to reflect the trials and the tribulations we've been through. Had I not seen Scholar being born, I couldn't appreciate the fact of what women go through during that process. But now let me show you a different side. If you can't understand that God has a plan for you, you can't appreciate the fact that he died on a cross for you, and that was his plan. Because they go hand in hand, in my opinion. See, when Jesus came to the earth, there was a plan set. There was, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but ultimately, I'm going to do this. So that there be a room full of people that one day will say, hey, my back's against the wall. I need a little help. I need someone to come in and clean this mess up. And God's going to say, hey, I already did. I did it many years ago on a cross. All I'm waiting for you is to say, Jesus, I need help. See, Skylar couldn't say she needed help. But the doctors and the nurses knew she needed help because she wouldn't cry. But as soon as she screamed loud, and she has a set of lungs, the, that is clear. Um, she screamed loud. They said, great, we're home free. We're home free. And I thought to myself, wow. God, something so small, because she was only five pounds. She weighs eight, four now. Thank you for everybody who's been praying for her. Eight four. The doctor was, as a matter of fact, they were so um, dismayed that she weighed eight four. They weighed her three times just to make sure she weighed eight four. Um, but she does weigh eight four. And so God said, Listen, there is nothing that you're going to go through that I can't fix. There is nothing that you're going to travel down a road the wrong way that I can't direct your path. 
And I want to read you this, and uh, I'm going to close it up. Listen, we get overly entertained. Listen, the whole birthing process, I was entertained. You know, Courtney, the process, I, I just, so that kind of thing, you know, ER stuff just amazes me. I was entertained. But listen, the key I want you to have is we don't seek the encounter. It's fine to get entertained. But if you don't seek the encounter, listen, I was entertained for 24 hours listening to Courtney go through the process. But it was the encounter that I was looking for. It was the encounter that I needed. It was the time where they said, Daddy, do you want to hold your daughter? See, I waited my time. I, I just patiently sat back and waited and waited and waited because I knew there'd be a time where they're going to say, do you want to hold your daughter? Listen, God's sitting back and he's saying, I want to hold my child. Just come to me. I can hold you. I don't care if you come with the whole world on your shoulders. I carry the world on my shoulders. I can do it. Come to me. We need to stop getting entertained with the world and what the world's showing us and seek that encounter with God. See, we were born for a relationship. That's why it says, I have a plan for you. You and I, we have a plan. We're a team. We're a dynamic duo like Batman and Robin. There's a lot of times Batman got into some sticky situations that only Robin could get him out of. Listen, just let God do what God does. The greatest miracle for me right now has been Skylar. As she screams and fusses, listen. Mm, hallelujah. Sometimes waiting on and for is the hardest part. Don't jump, guys. Don't jump. Don't jump. It was, uh, let's see. I think that was it. So don't get overly entertained, guys. Look for the encounter. Seek the encounter. Because it's in the encounter that we get what we need, whether it be a financial blessing, whether it be just a peace. Listen, the, it wasn't until we encountered the Holy Spirit that Courtney got that peace and she settled down. It wasn't until the doctor encountered the umbilical cord around Skylar's neck that she was able to remove the umbilical cord around Skylar's neck. See, everything requires an encounter. Everything you do. Think about it. You go to the ATM, you have to push the button. You're encountering the button with your finger. Listen, everything requires an encounter. It requires you to do something. God's the same way. Don't you think it's ironic that everything's set up to where you have to do something to get something? God's the same way. You have to ask God, hey, I need help. He's not going to swoop down and just fix it. Because then you won't appreciate it any. You know, I never understood growing up when my parents say, work, get your own money, and buy your own things, and then you'll appreciate it. I never understood that. I never understood that. 
I was like, that's silly. Why do, who wants to do that? You got money? Let's just roll with your cash. Let's just do what you want to do. Hey, I want a new pair of shoes. Let's just get your money and go get those. Son, those are a hundred pair of dollars. It's okay. You got money, mama. Until I started buying my own shoes. Then you're like, a hundred dollars? Are you out your mind? Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Listen, it's an encounter. That's all I want you to do. If, if, if you heard nothing, you got nothing. Listen, encounter God like you've never encountered God before. Seek God like you've never seek God before. If you have some things in your life and you're like, man, I just need something to happen, I promise you, listen, my life is filled with failures, mistakes, where I fell down in the mud, where I fell flat on my face, but I'm standing here before you. Because I sought after something better. We were created. Our destiny, our purpose is something better than just laying in the mud and wallowing like a pig. Get up, shake yourself off, and say, listen, I am not going anywhere unless it's with God. My back isn't against the wall. It's God pushing me forward, and I'm going to continue to press forward. Seek an encounter. Pastor Hank. Thank you, Angel. Did that word bless you? I'm going to ask the staff if they will to help me.